Hey everybody, I'm J.B. Shreve with Faithful Considerations, the J.B. Shreve podcast, and we are back with our study, our walk through the book of Ephesians. Today's episodes, we're going to look at alternate realities, alternate lifestyles, another theme in the book of Ephesians. We'll probably have two episodes available in this series this week, if all goes as planned. Uh, This episode should release on Tuesday, and then a second episode probably on Thursday or Friday, kind of continuing the same theme. And yeah, so we'll be jumping into that. Hope you're enjoying the series. If you are, please be sure to like us, rate us on Spotify or wherever you download your podcast episodes. Share the episodes on social media so that other people become aware of what's out there. And I think that'll do it. I hope you enjoy today's episode. easy to look at humanity, to look at, at like history, even to look at ourselves and be confused by human nature. What are we? Where, where did we come from? Uh, why are we so inclined to evil, to foolishness, to darkness? This is particularly true when you look at human history. When I went to college and began delving into history, past the ideologies, the agendas, and into actual facts, the actual facts of history, it's amazing to me what you find, you find how messed up humanity is. We're so easily corrupted, so easily moved towards darkness, towards evil. You look at the systems of our world that, that govern us, just our everyday life, and you see so much corruption, so much oppression, and it all feeds on itself. Each system supporting another towards our own terrible ends. It's almost overwhelming. What can be done about it? How can you fight this stuff? It's everywhere. And then you look at us individually, personally. We're all very, very easily, I guess you'd say, seduced by evil. We don't like to admit that, but it's the truth. At our sister website and podcast, The End of History, a friend and I did a podcast history uh, or a podcast series on the history of genocide last year in 2021. We came across this interesting quote that, and I'm I'm just going to paraphrase it here, but when it comes to genocide, to terrible atrocities like that, Most of us imagine ourselves as the victim or the hero, but hardly anyone imagines themselves themselves as the the perpetrator of evil. But genocide and other terrible crimes of oppression, of injustice, they don't work unless the masses allow it to work. Despite the fact that after the Holocaust, people cried never again, it keeps happening again and again and again. Humans are evil. We do bad things. We, we're seduced by bad things. We allow and empower bad things. Why, though? How? I, I mean, these are the mysteries that I, and I think a lot of inquiring minds, think a lot about. And then you come to a book like Ephesians. We're called. We're chosen. We're appointed by God. We're, we're part of his design. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. How can all of these great things be true, even as all of those dark facts of history are also true? Now, spoiler alert for you, if you think that being a Christian exempts us from evil and from being seduced by evil, you're not really paying attention to history. The church and individual Christians have been just as guilty of evil, of wickedness throughout history as as everyone else has. Paul talked about this in, uh, in Romans 2.24. He, he talked about a people who talked about doing righteousness, but they did a lot of evil and taught one another to do the same. Then quoting Isaiah, the prophet, he, he described how the name of God 
is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of this behavior, this reality, this standard recurrence among the believers of God. Now, I think we've probably all seen that. We've seen the church declaring one thing and then doing another. We've seen the world blaspheme the name of God because of what the church has done in its history. So we have all these seeming contradictions. Ephesians says one thing about us as human beings, but our history, our experiences, our realities, they say another. So how can both be true? And the answer to this is real important. This isn't just pie-in-the-sky inspiration. This is architectural, the design of human life, the way things work and, and are supposed to work versus the dysfunction of the way things can corrupt and degenerate. To begin, we can never grasp what is true by looking at ourselves or this earth, including history, the things of this world, including our personal experience, that history, what others say. That's not the truth. They're born from below. It may be factual, but that's different from the truth. The world cannot make light. It cannot make truth. It's fallen. It's corrupt. It's broken. It can't be trusted. We have to go to God's perspective. And that's what Ephesians presents to us. It's not just hope and hallelujah. It's practical, architectural insight on the nature of human life from the perspective of God. Listen to this. This is the first three verses in Ephesians 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Now, right there in those verses, Paul is seeing from the perspective of God the nature of life on the earth. This is the way of life we were all born into. We were all part of. That's why he says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. He's going to talk about what's changed, but I want to focus on that first part. Right? This is a reality in the earth. Humanity obeys the commander of the powers in the unseen realm. There's a dark spirit at work in the hearts of the disobedient. All of us, those who, who don't follow God, live in this manner. We follow desires and inclinations, preferences, seductions born from our sinful nature. And this puts us at odds with God. It puts us on the, the pathway towards his anger. And this is what, well, it's the way that everyone in the world lives. This is the way of life for a fallen human race. This is the reality or at least one reality, one lifestyle, and we don't have to stay subjected to it. When you go back to the very beginning, back to the creation of man in Genesis, we read that God made man from the dust of the earth and then breathed into him the breath of life. So just in that image alone, we see two different substances or essences that define the foundation of human life. One is the dust of the earth, just like the animals. When you see scientists and paleontologists saying mankind evolved from an animals, this is where you can see that at, all right? There's something shared between man and the animals. We were both formed from the dust of the earth. Our bodies were. Part of our nature comes from the earth. This is, this is the way God designed us. And when we die, our body goes back to the dust, according to Ecclesiastes 12.7. But the breath of God is the key part of man. 
that's the part that separates us from the animals. The, the animals didn't get that breath. They don't have that in common with us. The breath of God was supposed to be the basis for our consciousness, our filter for reality, our, our knowledge of right and wrong, the root of our drives and instincts. Animals follow instincts and drives for survival that come from the earth. Humans were supposed to follow the breath of God. But of course, sin entered the world, messed all this up. And mankind quit following the breath of God and started following the desires of the flesh and the dust part of him. And that's what the passage in Ephesians 2, 1 to 3 is talking about. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the power in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. This is how the whole world lives. This is how we lived until Christ changed everything. The work of Christ restored our access to God. It restored our access to the breath of life and, and we no longer have to live like animals. We don't have to live based upon the flesh, based upon that part of us that comes from this world. We can live according to the standards of heaven, the preferences of God. And that's what Paul writes about a few verses later. This is Ephesians 2, 12 to 13. He says, you lived in this world without God, without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. We were called by God. The way was made for us by God to, to return to the high life he designed us to live. The dust, the things of this world, they'll always pull at us. It's like gravity always tugging us downward to say, this is who you are. This is how you should live. This is how you must live. But through Christ, according to God's plan, we're not bound to live that way anymore. When we live according to our fleshly desires, our drives, our instincts, our fears, anything that's from this world, we're living like the beasts. We're living like animals. In human history, in Christian history, when believers and pagans alike have honored the darkness, have, have let wickedness thrive, it's because they chose the way of this world. The pagans didn't have a choice. They didn't know a better way. But the believers, those who have been saved through Christ, they have an option. We have an option. We don't have to live like animals. Now, I think this is important to consider. When you see people getting riled up by circumstances, by politics, by anxieties, by finances, by the things of this world. The dust isn't supposed to drive us. It's not supposed to be the root of our operating system. We're supposed to be driven by the breath of God. What does he want? What is he doing? How does he want me to respond? Am I dust or am I spirit today? We have a choice. And that choice defines the nature of our reality. Are we of this world or are we of the kingdom of God? The world will always pull us down into the dust, into the darkness, into corruption. The breath of God will always draw us upward into the light, into peace, into hope, and into promise. In our next episode in this series, we're going to continue looking at this. We're going to look at the new life between these two alternate realities, these two alternate lifestyles, one from the dust, one from the spirit, one from the dust, one from the breath of God. We're going to look at the new life we have, born in Christ born through Christ into the breath of God and see what that looks like and what Ephesians has to say there.